Hey everyone, this is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who have been through absolute caca give you advice on how to get through yours. I'm super excited today to have with me Michelle Muller. Thank you so much for being here, Michelle. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my honor and I can't wait to dive in and get to know more about you. So what I'm going to do is give you the mic and ask you to introduce yourself. Um, let us know who you are and where you're from and how you keep yourself busy during the day. Um, sure. Happy to share. So I'm Michelle Muller. Uh, I live in New York City in Manhattan on the Upper East Side. I am a mother of three. So I have all boys. I was told once by this adorable Italian lady here in New York that if you have three or more sons, they believe in Italy that you've already cemented your place in heaven because you're dealing with hell on earth. <laughs> um, oh, it's hell on earth. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was like, hilarious. Yeah. But no, my boys are, are absolutely wonderful. Um, they motivate me and so much that I do. Um, but as far as my day-to-day, -day, so I'm the co-founder of a company called Little Spoon. Uh, we make fresh organic meals for babies and older kids and it ships straight to their homes. Um, the whole idea behind is that, you know, you, you shouldn't have to work so hard to keep your kids healthy. So really everything we're doing is trying to make that mission easy <laughs> for parents to tackle. Um, but as far as, you know, free time, I um, am big into long distance running and I also like sort of uh, pushing boundaries. So um, I've climbed Kilimanjaro. I am going to Patagonia. Like I, I love going to kind of off the beaten path places and sort of getting out of my comfort zone. Um, and I will be running the New York City Marathon this November. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Rock on. Is that your first marathon, Michelle? This will actually be number two. Number I am, two. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, so cool to learn more about you. So Michelle, as you know, this is a podcast by and for women who have been through really rough stuff. Oh, and a few men. I've interviewed three men so far, which is exciting. Um, so what I want to ask you is, would you please share with us what you went through that was really tough and life shattering and what was the worst part? We're going to go there. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so my, you know, big weight that I carried for several years was a pretty gnarly divorce. Um, it turns out that divorcing a lawyer isn't fun. <laughs> Shocking, oh, <yeah>. right? <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and to divorce a New York City lawyer on top of that, not so fun. Um, but basically from beginning to end, it was a little over uh, four years. So um, it was rough. And I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is, you know, you can be as mentally sound and ready to move through the process. And that, that takes its own um, energy and effort to build up the strength to be able to, you know, pull the trigger and leave. Um, but really the, the other side, if they decide that's not what they want or they want to make it difficult, it can get really ugly, really fast. Um, and I think that was something I was unprepared for, you know, just sort of like, well, I'm ready. I'm, I'm done. This relationship is over for me. Like, and now it needs to be over for you. And it was a little bit more of a, oh, hold on. No, no, no. That's not how this goes. It's not going to be a cakewalk. So 
anything and everything you could think of fighting over, he fought me on um, from financials to custody to vacations to who holds the passports between the vacations. I mean, just the most ridiculous minutia was argued over in court. Um, and, you know, it, it was a really rough process. I learned a lot about patience and um, also resilience, I would say, being able to compartmentalize it and protect my kids from a lot of the drama uh, was a real learning experience. But as you know, I'm sure from so many of your guests, you know, where there's a will, there's a way and we all get through it and probably have some valuable lessons to share after we're on the far side. Oh, for sure. For sure. And being in that level, and I know this from a personal, from personal experience, being in that level of conflict with someone who is the father of your children, um, and you know, you share children together and you have been more intimate with this person probably than any other human in your life. And to be in that level of conflict, it just, it impacts the impact can't be quantified. That's right. It's really overwhelming. Um, I do remember there was this one time because we, we went to a full trial all the way to the bitter end. Oh I mean, boy. just okay. the amount of money, dollars and cents spent just makes you want to throw up. But um, I do remember being in court one day. I don't even remember what day of the process it was for the actual trial. But, you know, there's the lawyers and there's a court reporter that's getting paid, you know, like $1,400 the day to type on his little machine. And he went into this tirade about talking about buying meat at a butcher. And I had this whole like out of body experience, just like an, oh my God, I think that we're probably spending around $2,500 an hour to be here. And you want to talk about a butcher and meat really? Are we really here? And that is when I share with friends, um, that is divorce in a nutshell, is the emotions get the better of people. And it kind of just steamrolls off into left field. And you have this sort of what the hell just happened kind of experience. And I think, you know, going through it myself, you learn a lot of lessons around keeping your own emotion at bay um, because honestly, it ends up protecting you to be able to hone in on that skill. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you really are vulnerable to um, just have things go sideways, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm so, it, it shocks me every time when someone who's gone through something that traumatic has such an amazing attitude. I mean, I'm sure at the moment when you were going through it, you weren't being like, oh my gosh, I love what I'm learning from this, right? When you're sitting in the courtroom. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but the fact that you're talking about what you learned and, there's so, and there are things to be gained, it's a theme that comes up over and over on this podcast, but it surprises me every time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the other the other thing that that hits me and that I don't know that everyone really actually most people probably realize the amount of strength that it takes just survival strength warrior energy strength to get to the other side of what you went through and what I'd love for you to talk to to speak to is what is the best thing about being where you are now you're on the other side you're running your company tell me about that yeah. Um, so I'll tell you 
my sort of straw that broke the camel's back is, um, you know, we had a absolutely toxic relationship. You know, we married the wrong people for each other. Um, we're at a point now where we can co-parent actually quite effectively. And we live only three blocks away from each other in New York city, which is wild. Like if you told me that four years ago, five years ago, I'd be like, not a chance. (laughs) Um, but you know, the universe works in funny ways. Um, but the straw that broke the camel's back for me was having this sort of moment where I realized how impactful it is in childhood to see your parents model what a relationship means. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy or really, really terrible or just blah, but whatever you're modeling is subconsciously imprinting itself on your child's brain. And they are 90% more likely to end up replicating that relationship down the road. There's a a really great um, article in the New York Times I don't remember when exactly it came out, but it's called Why You Will Marry the Wrong Person. And it dives into a lot of like the science behind all of this and how it's subconsciously in your brain. So it hit me. I said, oh my God, what I'm modeling right now is what my kids are going to emulate down the road. Holy crap. I've got to hit the eject button. And so I just said to myself, you know what? I would rather my kids see me totally alone, independent, and happy and fulfilled than miserable in an unhealthy, toxic relationship, period, full stop. Yes. And that was sort of my, you know, like the the spark that lit the fire and then it just like the train pulled out of the station and picked up speed, right? So there was no turning back after that realization. Um, but what I will say now, like, and able to like look back some things that really helped me along the way, sort of, um, like push through the muck and really start to see the positive and the silver linings, two things. So I made a pact with my mom. She kept thinking when I would call her stressed out, I needed her to solve my problems or tell me the answers to how to fix the like, you know, BS in court or whatever. And I finally said, Hey mom, I don't want you to give me answers or solve my problems. I just want you to listen. And like, sometimes I may call you and I may just like literally want to scream at the top of my lungs or like say a bunch of like, you know, profane words as if I'm talking to my ex. Can you just do that? And she was like, oh my God, yes, of course I can. So there was that. So I had this sort of like unfiltered, unbridled, like outlet to, to turn to whenever I needed. And that was so in a weird way, like crazy supportive just to have that. Um, and that space of non-judgment. So whether that's like a friend, a mom, you know, like whatever, your cousin, if you have that, I think it's really, really impactful. And then the other thing is along the way, a girlfriend of mine who we met actually in a yoga class when I was like desperately trying to keep my mind in a balanced place. Um, she had asked me, have you ever thought about practicing gratitude? And I was like, oh, gratitude. Um, and then I really owned in on it. And oh my God, it, it truly changed my life. Uh, when you get up every day and you walk around and you look for all the things that you have instead of walking around looking for all the things you don't, um, yeah. it truly flips your world upside down in the most incredible way that you cannot possibly imagine until you go through it. And um, so from where I am now, like I don't know if I would have had these levers pulled in my life had I not been pushed and tried in the process of going through a divorce. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, now I have these invaluable tools and incredible relationship with my mother. 
And I'm not sure I would have gotten here any other way. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I love how it came together for you and also the role that you played in, in creating it, like your agency in creating it. And what I mean by that is in your relationship with your mom, the fact that you got specific with her about what kind of support was going to help you the most. Because when you're going through something really rough, the number one piece of advice I think that people are likely to give and I know this because of this podcast. I, now I, I think you're my 106th guest. And oh when I ask people for advice on what advice would you give to people going through something rough is they say, don't go it alone, get support, ask for help. And I completely agree with that. It's absolutely right. crucial to get support and to find support. But the distinction I like to make is find the right kind of support, meaning the kind of support that actually helps you. Right. So there will be people in your life who want to support you. They love you unconditionally and they want you, they want you to tell them how to help. And so that's right. Went to your mom and you said, please do help me and please help me in this way because it's going to be, that's what's going to actually really support me. That just shows so much awareness on your part. And again, that attitude of that positive attitude of, I want to get through this and here's what I'm sensing is going to be best for me while I do. That's right. And I think that, you know, you're, you're saying honing in on what your ask is. I think sometimes that doesn't happen right away, but you'll get there and you'll figure out what's right for you. But it's important to say it out loud. I think it's also really important, like you're saying, having supports critical and crucial and I couldn't agree more. I think it's also really important to assess what quote unquote support you do have in your life because chances are you probably have some toxic not so supportive people that are there that feel like a crutch and by that i mean you know i've seen friends go through tough divorces or a job loss you know something pretty rough and and life-changing and then you know they might invite me like oh hey come to dinner with a group of friends what have you and i see some of their other friends and they're sitting there you know, tapping into this story of, oh, like, well, you know, screw him. He's just a jerk that left you for some 20-year-old girl. Boo! Like, you know, beat him up, fight him in court. And it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. These people haven't been through what you've been through. And this whole negativity and like that sort of world isn't helpful to you. I think one of the best things that people can do in any sort of challenge is continuing to ask yourself, what do I want to get out of this? What's the ultimate goal here? Is it like an up by the bootstraps story of resiliency? Is it payback? Is it like, what exactly is going to help you and feed your soul best? And then once you have some clarity around that, start like getting rid of people and things that are, are holding you back from being able to accomplish that goal. And if there's, you know, toxic negative friends that are like feeding the beast that's the opposite direction of what you want, get them out. And it's tough. But I think one of the most empowering things you can do is start saying no and putting up those boundaries in the same vein of like asking people for what you need. It's tough, but, um, you know, and it'll require vulnerability, but the rewards are invaluable. I mean, just unbelievably amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, bells are just ringing everywhere in my brain. I'm a, I'm a huge boundaries girl. I believe that if women 
and I'm going to make a generalization, which I don't often do. Women, for the most part, tend to suck at setting boundaries. Like if we I could couldn't ask, agree more. <laughs> like not just setting them, but maintaining them and implementing them and, and holding yeah. other people accountable to, you know, to, to, um, to honor them. And That's if, right. if women could master that or even, or even like be better at that, you know, like be okay at it, this world would be a very different place and women would be, have a very different status and situation in our world. Um, I so, couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so if there's anything that I learned through my divorce process and beyond, um, one of the biggest two lessons has to do with setting boundaries. People aren't mind readers. You know, the, the, yep. the people in our lives, including the ones who know us best and who live with us and have children with us, they cannot read our minds. And if we don't name it, yeah. if we don't name it, then we can't expect people to honor it. So huge. So true. So true. I, um, I am now in a partnership with someone for, for quite some time now. Um, we're approaching three years. And I remember when I first met him and it felt like something really great could come out of this. I said, you know, I, I'm going to look at this in a way different way than I've looked at any romantic partner ever. I'm looking at this as a second chance. I kind of, when I walked away from my marriage, I just thought I'm going to be independent alone, but very, very happy. And I guess like, you know, long-term love is just not for me in this life and that's okay. So when I met my now partner, I just decided to have this totally different mindset of like, wow, I am so honored that I get a chance to have love in my life again. And I'm going to appreciate that so much. But I'm also going to put up some boundaries and I'm going to also hone in on communication skills. So what he and I do is uh, once a quarter, we sit down and we share with each other, hey, you have been an amazing partner to me in the last three months, this way, this way, this way. And I love that you do X, Y, and Z on a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever basis. Um, and then, so we share these positives and then we turn to each other and ask, how can I be a better partner to you going forward? And each of us is able to share what we need and what we're asking for. And it is so valuable just to create like this protected space to ensure that we're communicating with each other. And it's just a place of non-judgment and love. And I have found it again to be life-changing. Um, just the way that we approach our relationship and it literally always loops back boundary setting and communication they're so 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 important wow wow thank you so much for sharing that um yeah. that is i that practice i think it just it's so aspirational meaning that i, I think it's something that all couples should do something like that um mm -hmm. Rock on. Uh, so I could talk about boundaries for the next five hours, but instead, <laughs> you, instead you and me both. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Let me ask you this, um, Michelle. One thing that I've observed is that women have gone through, you know, women, warrior women have gone through really rough situations, have a tendency to find each other and band together, which is so fortunate and such a miracle. So I wanted to ask you, who are, who's another brave warrior or two like you who's been through total caca and come out on the other side um, and 
has a, a great epic comeback story for potentially for this podcast. Absolutely. Um, I have one of my best friends here in New York. Um, her name is Stephanie Barnhart. And Stephanie is a powerhouse single mom. And um, she writes, she um, manages social media accounts. She's like what a lot of people consider an influencer. She literally does so much and I don't know how she does it all um, and fully supports her son on her own. I, I just she's unbelievable and i think so many of our like common shared experiences um has brought us together to your point um you know i i don't think anything in life is an accident and um you know if your eyes and ears are open you'll find these people that will offer that added layer of support and it, it is important to find people that you can kind of like co-lament or share um struggles with because certain things in life um, you know, people can get close to understanding what it might be like, but they don't know it the way that you do unless they've actually been through it. Um, and so Stephanie is that for me and she's, you know, someone I admire and is a role model to me in many, many ways. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to follow up with you about getting her contact info. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. cool. She sounds awesome. Um, so really this next question is the essence of the podcast. Michelle, you've mentioned some of the techniques, some of the, um, some of what got you through the divorce process for you. I'm going to now ask you to speak directly to our audience and, and give some advice, inspirational. What would you say to, um, to women and men who are going through something awful right now, something life-shattering right now, a crisis? How can they, how can they get to that other side? Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> it um, is. It, you know, so I, I mentioned earlier um, how important it is to ask yourself what you want to get out of the process. And there's darker days than others. So sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a process to even come to that realization of, of what exactly you want to get out of it. But um, the thing, like if I could rewind back to myself seven, eight years ago, what I would tell her is to be really gentle with yourself. We are always our own worst critic. And the way that I'm gentle with myself today is I'll envision as if I were talking to my son, uh, they're eight, 10 and 12. So there's a kindness, a softness that I use with them that I wouldn't say use with a 40 year old man. <laughs> um, so just being mindful of that empathy and that like softness gap and try to use it with yourself. Um, and then the other thing I would say is that my worst day today, right now, Michelle in 2020 is still better than my best day when I was married to my ex. So in a way, it's, um, I would say, trust the process, trust that you're going where you're supposed to be going, and that nothing can stay heavy and dark forever. Everything's cyclical. So, you know, even me now today, like when I have a fantastic day or life is trending fabulous in general, and I love what's going on in my life, I have a moment where I appreciate that because I know it won't be this way forever. You know, our, our 
parents, family, they get sick, there's car accidents, there's coronavirus, like, you know, it's always changing. And so, um, you know, appreciating the cycle of it all, I think is really important and, and trust, trusting that, you know, you're, you're on the right path. Fantastic. Fantastic. We are hearing your inspiration. So last question is, if you could have any superpower, Michelle, that you don't already have, and I know you have many, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to say I would love to be able to travel anywhere in the world in five minutes. <laughs> I, I travel is my outlet, um, which like this whole like blowing up of the coronavirus is breaking my heart little by little day by day um, as it feels like my world is getting smaller and smaller. But um, I just, I love to travel and I love to see new cultures, meet people, eat new food, um, just to better understand humanity in general. Um, So yeah, I would love to be able to like skip over the whole like 15 hour flight to Asia situation and (laughs) things like that, you know? Um, But yeah, it would would selfishly be all about travel. (laughs) I love that one. That's so great. Michelle, thank you so much for being my guest. And I would like to know how we can follow you. Where can we find you, your company online? Yeah, totally. Well, Little Spoon is easy. Um, We're on Instagram, Facebook, and it's at Little Spoon. Very simple. Um, And if you want to follow my personal life and what's going on here in New York, um, it's Michelle MNY. All right. Awesome. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you letting me open up like this. Oh, likewise, of course. And and many people are going to benefit from our conversation, which is, which is the best part of that for me is that it will be helpful to other people who are going through rough stuff. So thank you again. (laughs) This is Nikki Bruno with Michelle Muller on the Epic Comeback podcast. For more information about how to stage an epic comeback in your life after a life-shattering experience such as divorce, go to theepiccomeback.com.